Apple's butterfly keyboard, which has endured endless shots from fans and critics alike, is finally gone. Welcome to the age of the Magic Keyboard. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is one of the foremost experts on laptops, our own Dan Ackerman. Welcome, Dan. Hello, Roger. Apple just released its 13-inch MacBook Pro, which comes with one of its new Magic Keyboards, and that essentially wipes out the butterfly keyboard from its lineup, right? How are you feeling about that? You know, this was the last butterfly keyboard that was left, and it was it was one of the reasons why that 13-inch Pro felt a little bit outdated compared to the rest of the MacBook line. They updated the 15-inch last year and turned it into a 16-inch, and that was the first time they said, all right, this, this butterfly keyboard, no more of this. We're going to call it the magic keyboard, and it's a little different, and it's a little the same, but it's better, you'll like it, and we did. Then they finally did the same thing for the MacBook Air back in March, very recently. So then they say, hey, we got some more... Mac news coming up, you know that's got to be the 13, the one laptop left, the 13-inch Pro. So, that, you know, there were a couple of things about it that were feeling a little dated. The keyboard was one of them, and now everybody has the Magic Keyboard. It's interesting. They use that branding on the iPad keyboard also, and also on the standalone keyboard you get with your iMac. All right, so let's back things up a little bit, and let's talk a bit about the Butterfly Keyboard. You know, what was so controversial about it? What were all the problems? They snuck that butterfly keyboard in with a new product about five years ago. It was the 12-inch MacBook. Not Air, not Pro, just MacBook. They had not had a product with just that name in a long time, although they used to. And one of the things that made that 12-inch MacBook, which I loved, so small and portable, was they said, oh, we're putting this super flat keyboard in, and it's not going to have like a Z-shaped scissor switch under the key like uh, so many other laptops. It's going to have a butterfly, which is basically the four corners and, and the sensors would indicate when the key was depressed. So they could make it super slim, fit it in there. The problem was it was so slim, it didn't really feel like you were typing at all. It didn't have that right feel. And also people immediately started getting the keys stuck because there was so little space underneath them. Any little bit of dust or debris would get in there. So immediately there were a lot of problems with it. And what Apple did was they said, oh, that's great. We're going to put these in everything. <laughs> well, exactly. And you know, I think the controversy grew. I mean, I when I got my new MacBook Air and my had my first taste of the butterfly keyboard, I was very underwhelmed and disappointed. But you, you Dan, you wrote a defense of the butterfly keyboard. Uh, I mean, tell me about that. Like, how did you, are you? Do you still? I mean, do you do you still have somewhat fond memories of that thing? Or when everyone is saying something is awful or something is great, you do have to be that that contrarian view and say, wait a minute, maybe the conventional wisdom is not quite as universal as everybody thinks it is. So that piece I wrote, literally called In Defense of the MacBook Keyboard, I, I started out by saying, I remember, I, I've come not to praise the butterfly keyboard or to bury it, but just to give you some context. And what I said was, number one, you know, I had used and tested extensively more than a half dozen MacBooks with this keyboard. And I had like one stuck key problem that I was able to fix myself, but I didn't have a ton of problems. A lot of other people didn't. You just heard the internet complainers, you know, they have an outside voice. People don't go on Twitter to describe that their products are working roughly as expected, only if you have a problem. Secondly, the butterfly keyboard evolved over time. Each product they put it in, they made it a little bit better. By the time they got to the last version in 2018, 
It had a rubber key, it had like a rubber membrane under the keys, which kept debris out and gave you a little more bounce when you typed. And it just felt totally different from the original. If they had launched with that, nobody would have said anything. It was, wasn't great, but it was fine. You know, and, and I, I use that butterfly keyboard a lot. It took some getting used to. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the greatest thing they've ever, you know, put in a product, but it wasn't the worst thing either. Well, so, the, I mean, essentially the butterfly is no more. We could say goodbye. We could say hello to the Magic Keyboard. Uh, now, I, I'm aware of the Magic Keyboard from sort of the standalone accessory that you get with uh, Mac Mini or I, uh, iMac. But what is what is special about, what is magical about this Magic Keyboard found in the MacBook Pro? They took a lot of what people liked about those standalone keyboards, or at least the most recent versions of them, uh, and the keys come up a little higher. They have a little more travel. They've gone away from that four little sensors at the corner uh, that have to be tripped properly in order to register, and it just feels much more like a traditional keyboard. If you look at it, you go, oh, I don't really see that much of a difference, but if you take a Magic Keyboard Magic, uh, if you take a Magic Keyboard MacBook Air and put it next to a Butterfly Keyboard MacBook Air, which I did, then you can see the difference. Even in the latest butterfly keyboard, which comes up a little bit more, the Magic Keyboard comes up even more than that. But neither one of them are the same as that as the old MacBook keyboard, which would really, which really jumped up the real island style keys, which frankly was never as great as I think everyone thought it was. I always found the key keycap small and the keys a little too wobbly. All right. Well, you've had some time with the the new 13 inch MacBook Pro. Is this like who is this for? Who needs to upgrade? Because it's you know this. These things aren't cheap. So who would you recommend buy one of these devices? I will say they've, they've redone the line completely since like last November uh, between the 16-inch Pro, which used to be the 15, the 13-inch Pro, and the Air. So they have a solution for most people. I think, frankly, most people would be happy with the Air. The Air was the laptop to get for most of the 2010s. It was $9.99. It could get you through four years of college. Everyone in the coffee shop had one. Then the design got kind of stale, the parts got stale, but they've refreshed it now and they're keeping it up to date, which, which I like. And they brought it back down to $9.99. If you're going to get an Air, I, I would say, and I hate it pains me to say this, spend the extra 100 bucks to get the $10.99 version with a Core i5 versus a Core i3. That, that's my one caveat about that. Uh, with the Pros, you get a different class of CPUs, although in the 13-inch Pro, which they just updated, you only get the newer 10th gen ones with the two more expensive configurations, which which I don't love. Yeah, so that's that 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 kind of was a it's a big it's a big hook there. It's a big kind of like you you really have to spend a lot to get the latest processor. But that's and that's something that's found on most PCs, right, or most modern uh, newer PCs, right? Yeah, but Apple has a special way of guiding you towards the more expensive models. They did fix one thing on this 13 inch Pro that was a bit of a rip. Um, they used to only give you like 128 gigs of storage for the, the 1299 base model. And the fact that I have to say 1299 and 128 gigs in the same sentence is, is shocking to me. So they just said, because they hadn't updated that product in a while. And it was, you know, it was already behind the times. So they just went and doubled the base storage and everything because that cost them nothing to do. So it's 256, 512, or one terabyte now, which is at least more reasonable. If you're going to get a new laptop, it shouldn't have less than a 256 gig SSD. All right. Well, lastly, just looking back at the butterfly, I mean, do you think this will just be an embarrassing blip? Do you think butterfly will ever come back? 
or are we done with it? I think we're good now. Everyone's happy with the branding that they can use across all these different products, especially the $350 clip-on iPad keyboard, uh, which costs, of course, more than just a base model iPad does. It'll go down in history somewhere in between Apple Maps and you're holding it wrong gate. You know, not the worst, not the best. Uh, it took him several years to, to see the light on this. I think these new keyboards are great. First time I used one uh, back with the 16-inch, I said to myself, well, where the S has this been for the last three years? Uh, okay, this, this is good. This works. All right, that's a wrap. You can check out Dan's coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>